Oh no, I lost my choo choo. No, sorry. This this last few minutes is a it's plus rough, content. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 31 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we're going to kind of talk bands and why things get banned and why things should be banned. And Yeah, it's all about bands. Um, yeah. You've heard us talk about bands, especially lately a lot. Um, you've heard talk about bands from you know other various pros out there. But I don't think we've actually had a conversation about bands and why they happen and how they happen and what has happened in the past. Yeah, kind of the history of, yeah. of bannings so and that, things uh, like that. Yeah, I think that'd be a cool topic. So we're going to take a break from Legacy because we don't want to overwhelm you with that. And we're going to talk about bands today. So you can reach out to us on Twitter at Casual Tripod if you have uh, show suggestions if you think we're uh, running on fumes here. <laughs> you can also get a hold of us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG, and you can email us at show at casualtryhard.com. Don't want people to be like, oh man, they were way more interesting in March. <laughs> like <laughs> no, they jumped I mean, the shark now. This is a good topic. I'm it not... is. It is. No, I'm just like, if you're thinking that yeah. is your own fault, it email us suggestions. Fault. Yeah. Because uh, like we keep saying, like, I don't know if anyone cares about standard. Like, after this weekend with yeah. the, like, uh, MCQ weekend, mm-hmm. which I did not queue for, weak sauce <laughs> me. Yeah, like, I don't know. There's not an event. Yeah, there's just nothing. So no one's going to care. Yeah. Um, I don't think a standard event has fired in our store in a month. Yeah, like, I show up with my with trusty scape shift and yeah. no one wants to play. Yep. For us, you will seeing us do a gameplay video, our very first gameplay video. Well, second, I did like butcher a pre-release. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so we're going to do a special video. The game store that we hang out at, Myrtle Beach Games, um, has asked us to do a gameplay video for the new Commander decks. So those of you that uh, have been begging us for Commander content... This is what you get. Or at least to make me play Commander, one yeah. of the two. It seems like those are like equal things. Yeah, one of the two. Either to make Brian hate himself or for Commander content, one of the two. It's it's really not going to be much of like a review of the decks or anything. It's going to be, from what I understand, just gameplay. There's uh, four of us are going to sit around and play. You'll probably get some commentary, but... I hope we don't just sit there and play in silence. Like, well, no, they better I, get some commentary. <laughs> no, what I meant was, I don't. Th- we're not going to try and review the decks, right? Yeah, we're just going to play them. Yeah, yeah. Can we get Bowman to do his Rich Hagen impression, like the entire? Uh, oh, that'd be great. That would be. We should look into that. We should. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. I don't know if he can do that for like an hour though. I, I don't know. I mean, with enough fruit snacks, anything is possible. This is true. <laughs> um. Our next event, like we have the Legacy event is, is our big thing in September, but we, yep. there is an MCQ at Firefly Games, Yep, which is two days before the next Band and Restricted announcement. Woohoo! And so this is kind of this and some yeah. of the decisions we're having to make around yeah. the Band and Restricted announcement is kind of what got us to the band topic. Mm-hmm. So everyone who has touched a magic card and has a pulse yes. is pretty sure that Hogak go bye-bye on the 26th of August. Absolutely. So um, to back that up, there was a GP in Minneapolis. Yep. If a GP happens and no one sees it, did it actually happen? We have data. Oh, did you hear? This is like a way aside topic that I didn't put notes in, so I'm going to spring it on you. Okay. There was a guy on Twitter, I think, that had posted on Twitter like he was at the event 
like round by round shooting out his pairings and like his wins or whatever and had like thousands of people following him like progressed through this gp made it in the top eight air quotes but never actually entered the gp what yeah he just like made the whole thing up and like progressed through the weekend just to show like what lack of coverage does to like magic social media huh yeah that is weird yeah i'll have to try and find it and send it to you i mean if he's just some random yeah that had like thousands of people like reach re- retweeting and following one apparently i did our coverage of our <laughs> of our uh, our dc gp event uh incorrectly but two like it shows there's an appetite for it yeah i don't know what lover lovers have to change to make it profitable yeah but, like, there's got to be some way for someone to make money. Like, whenever I turn on, like, Wizards coverage on Twitch, I get bombarded with, like, yeah. five ads before, like, mm-hmm. I get to... Yeah, and that's not even the ads that, like, they're putting out there. Those are the ads that Twitch does. That supports them in air right. quotes. At least yeah. that's what it tells me yeah. on my uh, TV or whatever. Yeah, but you know how, like, Star City does their, uh, like, Yeah, uh, like, Magic is Ultra Pro. That is, yeah. like, Ultra Pro stuff. Yeah. And then just, like, the ad for their, like, product. Mm-hmm. It somehow has to be, like, profitable. Yeah. Like, GPs have been around for a while, and coverage has been around for a while. I don't know how it wasn't, like, profitable for so long, and they still did it. The only thing I can think is, like, there's a finite pot of money. Yeah. And now a lot of that money goes to the MPL, yeah, and that's, that's their promotional thing. Yeah, and they've also pulled some money out of that for the arena, like, MCQs and stuff. Yeah, so it could be that, but it just seems like like you would have people watching Mm -hmm. and it's just unfortunate that they don't do it and that you know joe blow and like omaha can be sitting in it sitting like in his bedroom like woo just made top eight get god nerds and then like and then people were like where's joe blow's picture yeah where's his deck list I, i just thought it was really interesting that he had like people congratulating him and following him throughout the weekend and like was absolutely nowhere near the event that is impressive, and again, we—I did it wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we should we'll have to work people, on that for next time. Had more people following the the James run. Yeah, maybe next time. So maybe. yeah, we were talking about GP Minneapolis. Yeah, so there were five of the top eight decks were Hogak. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Seven of the top sixteen. Okay. The final was a Hogak mirror. Uh huh. Sweet. Yep. So we're all pretty sure that it, the deck goes away. Yeah. Um, was it Aaron Forsyth put out a tweet yes. today that said uh, they will not be emergency banning the card? No, it wasn't. They didn't see that card. There will oh, be there, no. There will be no emergency bans. Is what the tweet was. Wink, yeah. wink. There's yeah. already a scheduled date on, yeah. for the 26th. I don't know what we could be talking about possibly banning. Yeah. I think the problem is is like we talked about before. Right. If you ban it before GP Vegas, there are people that that is the deck they put together. And registered to play. Yes. And I don't know how many people, like, you lose by banning Hogak, but you then gain that are now willing to go to the event. Yeah. That was a lot of the responses to that tweet were people saying, I just canceled my my trip to Vegas. Okay. Because they don't want to play Hogak, you know, five rounds on Saturday or whatever. I don't know. Like, you play kind of... There's both sides. You kind of play the format that you have. Yeah. But... No, I agree. It is, it is awkward, admittedly. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I agree to the point where I ordered stuff for Hogak, knowing that it's going to be banned in two weeks. Yeah, so this is what we got to is yeah. James had a decision. Yep. Do I play Jund? Which is my favorite deck ever. And through extensive testing against me, only beats Hogak when Hogak mulls to five. Uh, yeah, was not even close. Yes. Like, I thought my matchup might not have been great, but at least wasn't abysmal. Turns out, abysmal. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. Right, you can, like, turn zero a ley line and, like, then yeah. play a cage and me not have, like, a force of vigor. Right. But it's also just, like, if you don't have those things, if you just have, like, a hand that's, like, interactive with, like, a scavenging ooze, like, yeah. sorry. Yeah, like, that doesn't do, any, do it. doesn't do anything good anymore. Yeah. But we kind of said that Hogak might be tier zero. Mm-hmm. It's clearly the tier zero deck. It absolutely is. There's... N- you either are playing the deck or you have to have a very good reason, such as I don't want to buy Vengevines and right. Gravecrawlers. And you yeah. said, I will buy Vengevines and Gravecrawlers. Yeah, I bought Vengevines and Gravecrawlers. So so here we are. Here we are doing this thing. Yep. I haven't actually played a game with the deck yet. I just started kind of putting it together and my Gravecrawlers are still in the mail. But I goldfished it a bunch over the weekend. The deck is broken. Like, yeah. It is by far the most broken deck I have ever sleeved up and played. Um, it feels exactly like colorless Eldrazi in Eldrazi Winter. You just put giant stuff in play super early and nothing anybody does matters. And, I mean, the difference is you could, in theory, sweep Eldrazi. Right. This, you're just like, oh, all I'll right. Do it again next turn. I'll do it again next turn. Well, our game that we played on yeah. Friday, yeah. you were like, Assassin's Trophy, your Hogak. Yeah. Like, okay. I had no swamp to get because it was already in my graveyard. Right. And you're like, okay, you're going to have to beat me some other way. I was like, no, I'm just going to cast that Hogak again. And I just <laughs> cast that same Hogak again. I was yep. like, here we go. Yep, and then I died. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is this is awful. Yeah, but like the games I was goldfishing, like a bad hand, a hand that you probably wouldn't even keep, puts like 12 power into play on turn three. Like that's not okay. No, it is not okay. Like a mediocre, like reasonable hand puts you know, 10 power and play on turn two, which is also not okay. It seems as though they're, uh, they're in a world of hurt with that card. They, yeah, they totally missed it, which is, you know, yeah. A and thing like, that happens. None of the removal in the format lines up well against it. And if you do start playing removal that lines up well against it, like you're forfeiting every other matchup. It's one of those things that you just can't yeah. be functional against it yeah. and be functional against anything else. So we had to make a decision if we were going to play it or not. And mm-hmm. so why did you decide to play it? Just because it's the best deck? Uh, yeah, I hands down feel it's the best deck in the format right now. Um, like you said, you either need to play the deck or have a really good reason to not play the deck. And after our matchup the other day and you know, looking at what I would have to do to my list in order to beat Hogak, it wouldn't have been like barely even Jund anymore. And that would have been the only deck that I, you know, could beat is Hogak. So I decided to jump on board and maybe come up with some creative sideboard ideas to uh, fight the mirror and fight through the hate. And again, like like we were um, talking about metagame last week, um, and we've kind of alluded to it a couple times before, but um, like even when a deck is tier zero, it's still only, you know, 20% of the metagame. So in, you know, an eight round tournament, statistically you're going to play it twice yeah and if you have to like skew your list so far that you don't think that you can actually right win other matchups yeah it's not worth it 
does not seem good. Yep. I mean, you also, like if you're trying to win the tournament, you also can't throw those two matchups away, though. You know, if you go 6-2 in an eight-round 200-man tournament, like you're not making top eight. No. So it's awkward. I made a decision. The other thing that made it kind of okay was both Gravecrawler and Vengevine are like James kind of cards anyway. They've always held their value to some degree. Like Gravecrawler is higher than it has been. Yeah. But not like markedly so. And like right. Vengevine has just been $35 forever. Yeah. I had been looking at picking up Vengevines like off and on over the last year and a half anyway. Um, and they are slightly cheaper now than they were when I was first looking at them. So. Yeah, because I think everyone's slowly like this is. Yeah. I've got two more weeks of this. I might have one more event. Maybe it's time yeah. for me to get off. Yep. I agree. Yes. So that's where I am with Modern right now. Yeah. Play Hogak or play something that beats it, but good luck. Yeah, like, because like, even like Rest in Peace, if you're on the draw, you might just It's not, too slow. Yeah, you're just like, oh, there's 10 power, and now I have to take my turn two yeah. to play Rest in Peace, yep. get attacked. Die. And then like, if I don't have an answer, I just die yep. the next turn. It's like, okay. Yep. Or God forbid they like get two Venge Vines, and you're just right. like, Eight you. Then you're just actual dead. Eight you. Yeah. You have to have two answers. Eight you. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Or, you know, a carrion feeder that eats up a bunch of garbage and yeah. ends up being a threat. There's just, the deck is nuts. Too much. Too much. Too good. Too much. Too good. Yep. So that leads us to the, the idea of uh, bannings. Yep. Right? So we know Hogak's going to be banned. We've made our decision that we're going to try to play the deck regardless regardless yep i mean because this is this is the kind of deck i play like yeah. is it the most busted degenerate thing absolutely does it use the graveyard absolutely. these are all the boxes <laughs> i need to check and it's like yes it is yep so we're gonna do that so one, one more thing on the topic of hogak okay hogak is so good that uh we are both considering playing it in legacy and by considering, you mean i've bought the entire deck in foil just about right yeah yeah so i'm like yeah, in you're in I am in, so I play Dark Depths combo in mm -hmm. Legacy. I like to turn two 2020s. Yep. Look at my opponent sometimes and shrug and go, like, I didn't come here to it. not do this. Right. Uh, and just do it. Um, you know what's almost as good as a turn two 2020? A turn two 8-8? Yeah, it's pretty close, yeah. Or and, both? Yeah, and so the problem with that deck is it oftentimes folds to Blood Moon. Mm-hmm. And it folds to sometimes just like a sword supply shares, like you yeah. go all in and then you don't have anything like kind of left to rebuild. Mm -hmm. But like if you had now you have this like two prong approach where they have like game one, you merit lage them and mm -hmm. you make a 20 20 on turn two or three. Well, now they're like, okay, I got to bring in my, bring in my blood moons. Right. And then their whole game plan is like, okay, I want to have to blood moon them. And then you just like turn to an eight, eight and you're like, cool, you can blood moon me. Yeah. But I'm gonna hit nice you. Blood moon. Yeah, I'm gonna hit you three times and kill you right. if you don't have an answer. And this is legacy. The answers are like swords and swords. Swords. Yeah. And that's basically it. Like yeah. maybe you're too fast for like a Jace bounce. Yeah. Maybe if someone has an assassin trophy. Like fine. Yeah, but then you but again, just do it like, again. Just do it again. Right. So there's just not a lot of. Yeah. There's not a lot of answers to it. So you can come at them at like two different angles. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one is your A plan. Like, you look at your hand and you yeah. decide your A plan. You're yeah, like, you figure oh, out what's easier to do. Yeah. A plan this game is make an 8-8 eight, eight on turn two. Right. All right, if you do that on turn two, game one, maybe they bring in ley lines and rest in peace, and then you're just like, cool, 20-20, okay. go. Yep. And they're like, oh, I didn't 
I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah, so we're like in. Like yeah. free eight eights are good enough for legacy. It turns yep. out. Absolutely. Go to bands now. Yep. Modern started with a band list. It did a fairly extensive one. Yeah. Um, and you were actually just telling me a really cool story that I didn't know. Yeah. So the initial bo- uh, modern band list. Uh, see, we have most of them on here. Yeah. Was ancestral visions. Yep. Unbanned now. Correct. The artifact lands. There's a cycle of lands that are just they're lands that tap for like a white, mm-hmm. but it's an artifact land. Right. They were in uh, Mirrodin. Yes. Um, it's like Ancient Den, Tree of Tales, Vault of Whispers, Seat of the Synod, Great, Great Furnace. Furnace. Yeah. This is the red one, yeah. Yep. So these are just busted, like if your affinity deck could Well, if play. you do anything that cares about artifacts, right? Yeah, they're just free artifacts. Yeah. Right, so still banned. Right, yeah, yeah absolutely still banned. They are broken. They should not be legal. Bitter Blossom, uh, unbanned. Correct. Uh, people thought it was way too good. It got unbanned. Saw no play. Sees no play. Yep. Tricked me into playing black-white tokens. Once in a while, you'll see it like in the sideboard of like a deck that wants to grind some, but mm-hmm. you, you really don't see it hardly Or it's like all. a transformational sideboard where you yeah. stick that, and now, yeah. now they have to deal with this other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of crazy. There's still like 40 bucks. Yeah. After like, a reprint and seeing no play. Two reprints. Two reprints, yeah. Modern Masters and then Ultimate Masters. Yeah. yeah. Dark Depths. Mm-hmm. There was... Um, a deck and extended that was kind of like I was talking about. It had the dark depths combo in it. Yeah. But it had also, a different dark depths combo though. It didn't have, um, it had Thespian stage, right? It had yeah. Hexmage. Yeah. But it also had Thopter sword in it. Yes. Uh, so you had it's like a, these, the deck that put Jerry Thompson on the map, right? Yes. Yes. So dark depths is still banned. Yeah. Free dark depths. Uh, I don't think we should free dark depths. Chrome Mox, which is just fast mana. Yep. Super we, banned. Yeah. Dread Return, because basically it lets you sacrifice three creatures to... It has flashback, sac mm-hmm. three creatures. Reanimate something. Mm-hmm. So in Dread, you just get to like flip your deck over, mm-hmm. and you can combo p- kill people if you have Dread Return. Right. That's one of the ways that the legacy Dredge deck wins. Glimpse of Nature, which is a green, and whenever you cast a creature, you draw a card. It is the backbone of legacy elves. Yeah, I was thinking, like, would elves be good enough? Like glimpse, absolutely. I, I I just feel like like I you don't get like Gaia's Cradle. Gaia's Cradle, but you also don't have uh, Natural Order. So right, you like do your thing and you like dump a bunch of elves out and then you get like angered or Supreme Verdict. And I um, guess you're like kind of at parity because you've drawn a bunch of cards, but you've also just dumped them on the board. I don't know. Like I think elves is. Better than most people think it is anyway. I'm kind of partial to elves yeah. to start with, but I mean, you don't go for like the crater hoof kill like you do in Legacy with Natural Order, though. You do either an Azuri kill or a Shaman of the Pack. Yeah, like, I guess Shaman of the with Pack. Shaman's just dirty. Yeah, I right? guess I guess you can like just Shaman them. You just always have to hold up a black. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Go I would love. It. I would love to play modern elves with Glimpse. Yeah. I mean, they just added a blue to it and called it and made it back. Back. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out that one man is worth a lot, though. Yeah, it is. Um, then Golgari Grave Troll mm-hmm. banned. It's uh, it has other text. It has a casting cost, but it says Dredge Six on it. Yeah, that's all that matters. So that's all that really matters. It was banned. Yeah. Then it was unbanned. And then it got banned again. Then it got banned again. Yeah. And again, like Dredge was good, but I don't know if Dredge was Dredge was not like. I don't Hogak think Dredge good. was ever that good. I mean, it was a great deck, but I don't think it was a deck that needed bannings. I think it, it comes back to one of my theories is that people dislike graveyard decks. Yeah. And so 
they're way more likely to call for a ban of a graveyard deck than yeah. they are to call for the, a ban um, of any other kind of deck. The dredge deck that had Golgari Grave Troll, though, they look very similar on paper, but they kind of played different than like today's dredge deck, though. Like even like forget about Hogak, like the dredge deck that existed right before Modern yeah. Horizons came out. The new dredge deck, I'm gonna call it, can play a lot grindier game than the last one did. Um, like this version, you can, you know, just kind of grind people into dust and like kill them off with a uh, conflagrate. The Grave Troll version w- leaned way less heavily on conflagrate. Yeah, and I think that was part of the problem was people people don't like decks that they don't get to play against. Like they want to interact, and when you play one of these tier zero decks that you know vomits their hand, puts twenty power and play on turn three, or Dredge, where no matter what you do, it doesn't matter because it's all coming back anyway. Like, th- those are the games that people don't really want to play. That's what makes a format unfun, I think. Fair. Uh, so it was banned. It was unbanned. And then it got banned like a year later or six months later. Um, yeah, it was some amount of time. I forget if it was. Yeah, it wasn't very long. or whatever. Then uh, Hypergenesis. Uh, yeah. Broken magic card. So there's a card from Legends called Eureka, mm-hmm. which is two green green. And each player, you alternate back and forth, and each player gets to put permanents from their hand onto the battlefield. Yep. Hypergenesis is one of the suspend cards that has no casting cost. It's like Living End. Right. So you do the same thing that you do with Living End. You cascade into it with a card that has cascade. Yeah. Whichever way you want. Yeah. Whichever one you want. And then you each get to put permanents into play. And you're like, well, it's fair. The problem is that the permanents you're putting in, your deck's built to put Emrakuls, right, and like Urabrasks, yeah, which give all your creatures haste and put all, make all your opponent's creatures enter the battlefield tapped. Yeah, that's awkward. And like Dragonlord Colagons is more weight, and then like so you're just putting giant things in the battlefield with haste and killing them. Yeah, and your opponent's putting in like meddling mages. Yeah, and you're laughing at them. It's like cool, I'm not casting this. Yeah, what would you like to name? It doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Then Jason Mind Sculptor. Yep. Was banned. Was un was banned and everyone was like, we can never unban Jace. Jace will just take over the format. Yeah, and then was unbanned, went from like forty dollars to like a hundred and twenty dollars briefly. Mm-hmm. It's still like hundred twenty dollars. Oh my god. Yeah, I should just get rid of mine. I'm never gonna play a Jace. That's kind of what I was thinking. So Jace is in the blue white control decks, mm-hmm. and depending on who you talk to, those decks vacillate between being okay and wildly unplayable why are you still sleeping that up right uh but control players are like no this is what i it's do good. yeah yeah and it's like but but everyone else says it's bad no no it's good it has a good hogak matchup sure does it just like jund does it really have a yeah. good hogak matchup and then mental misstep free one free counter spell to counter one mana things yeah which, it turns out that's real good yeah since he's divining top because that card just grinds up to a halt yeah uh, skull clamp because they didn't think about how that would work. Yeah, it was supposed to be a downside. Like yeah, the neg one was supposed to be a downside. Yeah, but then it just made it so. So skull clamp is an equipment for one mana gives a creature plus one minus one. Uh, I think so. Yeah, and equips for one. Yep. And if the creature dies, you draw two cards. Mm-hmm. So if you put it on an X one. It says one mana, draw two cards. That's correct. Sacrifice a creature, draw two cards, basically. Yeah, that's real good. That's real good. And it's repeatable. Yeah, when you have like some sort of token maker, that's amazing. Bitter Blossom in that A-plus combo. Absolutely. Pay one life, draw two cards. Yep. 
uh, yeah. Thopter Sword also pretty yeah. good. In. Yep. So that is um, why Skull Clamp got brand. Stoneforge Mystic. The argument here, so one and a white for a one-two. Woo, get hype. Yeah. Comes into play. You can search for an equipment. Mm-hmm. And you pay one and a white and tap Stoneforge to put the equipment into play. Mm-hmm. So you get Batter Skull. Right. Which has living weapon. So when it comes into play, it makes a creature to attach, it, uh, attach itself to. Yep, a zero, zero. Yeah, so it's kind of like the cycle of equipment in course at 20. The, yeah. The green guy, the, the green one that makes a wolf and gives it plus one, plus one. Yeah, the red one that makes an elemental. Yeah. So it's the same kind of thing with Batter Skull. Yep. People are like, well, all the white decks will just put in like three swords or two swords and some Stoneforge Mystics and they'll all look the same. That's fine. There's no white decks, so. One, there are no white decks. And two, turn two, play a one, two, turn three, be dead. Right. Like, cool. Yeah. It doesn't even chump a Hogak well. Yeah. Uh, Sword of the Meek, unbanned now. Correct. I made two or $300 off that unbanned. Yes, you did. So it's like two mana for an equipment that has an equipped cost that no one cares about. Right. But if it's in your graveyard and you and a 1-1 one, one comes on the battlefield, it returns from your graveyard and equips, equips to it. So with Thopter Foundry, which is hybrid. It's like blue, hybrid, black, white. Or, or blue, black, white, hybrid, black yeah, something or something. Like that. It's a weird thing, and it's like pay one, sack an artifact, make a 1-1. One, one. Make a Thopter gain a life. Make a Thopter gain a life. Yep. So then you can sack your sword mm-hmm. to pay for the cost. The 1-1 one, one comes into play. The sword comes and attaches to it. Right. So... You can just, it just basically makes it, you get to this point where you can't really die. You just like yeah. inevitably grind someone yeah, else. Yeah, however much mana you have, you make that many Thopters. And, and gain that much gain life. Gain that much life. And it's like showing up now in the new the Urza, Urza decks. decks. Yeah. yeah. Um, saw no play for a very long time, uh, despite being unbanned. And then, yeah, has just recently come back in the like Urza word decks. Yeah. Just starting to play it. Because it got unbanned. Everyone played it for like three weeks and was like, oh, wait, no, this is trash. Yeah. Like this was good six years ago, but yeah. not anymore. Not anymore. Umazawa's Chite is banned a, ridi- for a, reason. a ridiculous card. Yeah. Does it, not read as well as it plays. Yeah. You basically, your opponent like can't burn you out. Right. They can never let you get into combat with it. Right. And they can't play creatures that have really two, two toughness. Yeah. So Jite is a two-mana equipment that equips for two. Two, I think. And if the creature deals combat damage, yep. not to a player, just, yeah, combat, just damage, combat damage, just rumbles in some way, yep. you put two counters on the Jite. Not on the creature. So if the creature dies, Jite still has counters. Yep. And it says, remove a counter, gain four life. Remove a counter, the equipped creature gets plus two, plus two. Remove a counter, any creature yeah. gets neg one, neg one. Yep. So you're like attack, and they're like, block you get two counters mm-hmm. and then you get to kill another creature or gain a bunch of life or yeah make Cards massive pumps the next turn or... ridiculous yep and then valakut the molten pinnacle yep which is the original field of the dead uh yes. to some degree yep when you have five mountains when it's in play and five mountain in the fifth mountain comes into play you get the lightning bolt something yes so that was banned for a while mm-hmm and it's been off the ban list. Like, I saw that it had been unbanned. I was looking through the history of bannings, and I was like, felt like it was banned? Yeah, I didn't know that until yeah. I was putting this episode like, together. That's crazy. Yeah. So so those are the things that were kind of banned at the beginning. We kind of explained why. And some of them come off as, like, cards have gotten more powerful, and their power level has kind of fallen in line with mm-hmm. the power of the current format. Yep. 
So why are cards banned? Well, the first reason is for situations like we have right now, where there are certain cards and or decks um, that warp the entire meta around them. The typical, like, tier zero deck. So this is, you know, where we are now with Hogak. This is where we were with Eldrazi Winter. And way back at the start of Modern, there was Jund also was, you know, the deck to beat. It was everywhere. It was oppressive. And all of them have had you know, been basically banned out of existence. Yeah, so we went back through a while back, like, broke down when people were calling for a Faithless Odin to be banned. Yeah. Right, and I went through and I, like, looked at the entire history of Modern and metagame percentages. Yeah. And Jun at a point, was, like, 30% or something. of like Of the top 32. Yeah. And, like, that's just not reasonable. Right. And so they... Kind of took half measures. Yeah. They went after, like, Bloodbraid Elf, when really the offender was... Deathrite. Deathrite Shaman. Yeah. Which sounds very similar to what happened with these, where they're like, yeah. well, let's ban Bridge from below. Yeah. Didn't and, quite get there. And see if that does it, and it's like, oh, no, it doesn't do it. Yeah, no. Things are worse now. Yeah. And, I, I, yeah, I, I believe the deck is better now than it was before. But, yeah, they banned uh, Punishing Fire... Um, which wasn't the main offender, Bloodbraid Elf, Wild Nakatl, and, you know, had they just taken care of Deathrite Shaman off the rip, um, they wouldn't have had to ban all those other cards. Yeah. So sometimes it's better just to cut the head off and be done with it. Yeah, I mean, and Bloodbraid Elf has come back. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. It's not, not overpowered. I've I've brought up getting uh, bringing uh, Punishing Fire back. People mm-hmm. were like, oh, they don't want to encourage that kind of gameplay. And I'm like... It wouldn't see play. Is like a one on a red deal two buy it back for a red after they gain a life. Like, yeah, if you're a That would never life, get played. Yeah. Like, it would not get played. Like, I don't think Jund, you know, Jund is a slow, grindy deck, but I don't think that it can hold up long enough to no. make that, like, reasonable. No, I mean, there's games where Ren and Six is too slow. Yeah. Like, you're, there's no way you're going to do Punishing Fire Loops. Not going to happen. Yeah, because, I mean, even against something like Burn, you're just like, oh, like, oh, I'm at six. Yeah. I don't. Like, I have to fade two draw steps? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can actually do this. Yeah, not going to happen. Right? So, like, not even just, like, Hogak not being good enough. Right. Just in general. Just in general. Like, it, there's yeah. enough fast decks that you just aren't going to have a chance to do anything. Mm-hmm. So, and then, like I said, Eldrazi Winter. Yep. So, the reason that deck was so good, if everyone doesn't know, is... So, way back in Zendikar. Mm-hmm. The first Zendikar. The first Zendikar. They printed... All the Eldrazi's were giant. Like huge, huge, like, like 10 mana or more. Yeah, they were all huge. Yeah. So they printed Ayavugan, and Ayavugan was actually in Worldwake or Rise or something before, yeah, it was one of them. before there were actually Eldrazi's. Right. So there's just this random. Yeah, it was Worldwake, I think. Yeah, there's just this random card that was like all Eldrazi creature spells cost two less to cast. Yeah. Pay seven, tap it, go get, was it? An Eldrazi or a colorless yeah, thing? one of the two, yeah. Something, go get something big. Yep. Right? So this card was there, mm-hmm. and then the next set comes out, and they have all these giant spaghetti monsters. Yep. And, you know, making a Kozilek cost nine instead of 11. Isn't that big a deal? Isn't a big deal. And they even had uh, Eldrazi Temple, which tapped for two colorless, only to cast Eldrazi's. Yeah. And even with the two of them, it still wasn't enough to have an Eldrazi deck. 
Right. So those were, we talked about these in the legacy breakdown. These are examples of kind of like soul lands, lands right. that tap for two mana. Yeah. Right. Way too good for modern, mm-hmm. but there was nothing you could do with them really. Right. So they were fine. Right. Had no effect. Eye of Ugin got played in Tron. Only as a, as a way to tutor stuff. As though. a way to go get big yeah. dumb things. Well, then we go to Battle for Zendikar and Oath of the Gatewatch. Yeah. And they started printing... Four and five mana Eldrazi. Yeah. So you had Thought Not Seer, yep. a 4-4 four, 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 three, and a Wingding. Right. Wingding. Specifically colored mana. Right. Or colorless, colorless mana. Right. So it was three of any type of mana and then one colorless mana. Yep. Wingding. Colorless mana. So then you have this four mana 4-4 four, four mm. that effectively thought seizes your opponent when it comes into play. Yeah. And to exile too, not just discard. Yeah. They get to draw it. Draw a card if they kill your 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, that you played on turn two. Yeah. And then you have uh, Reality Smasher, which is a 5-5 five, five with Trample and Haste. Mm-hmm. And for, if you target it, you have to discard a card, right? Yeah, to target it, you have to discard a, spe- a yeah. card. So it like makes all your like removal spells that could kill it as an additional cost, discard a card. Right. So it's always a two-for-one. Yep. And it's like four in a winding. Four in a winding, yep. Yeah. So you have all these cards that are now way cheaper that taking two mana off of them with Ayavugan makes them makes broken. a huge difference. And you yeah. had Eldrazi Mimic, which was a two mana, two one. Yep. And it wasn't two. It was just two generic mana. Right. Didn't have to be colorless. And Ayavugan says reduce the cost of Eldrazi spells by two generic mana. So it cost nothing. Yeah. So you could play like Ayavugan Mimic Mimic. Right. And then a Thought Not Seer on the next turn with Swing I- Eight. Yeah, because Eldrazi Mimic gets power and toughness equal to the power and toughness of a colorless creature when it comes into play. I think it's just Eldrazi. Or Eldrazi, but yeah. something, right? So, like, you could have these explosive, like, deal eight on turn two. Yeah. And Eye of Ugin, while it said, like, you get two mana, sometimes it would give you four or six mana in a turn because right. you were able to play two things for yeah. effectively free. Yeah, it's the difference between a cost reducer and, like, a mana dork. Yeah. Basically, the Aldrazi deck got to play eight soul lands mm-hmm. and just got to run people over. Right. Initially, there were like at least two, maybe three. There were three different versions of Eldrazi mm-hmm. in the top eight of that tournament. Yeah. And the one that won was the list that was tuned to beat the other Eldrazi list. Right. Right. It Not was, the rest of the format. Yeah, it's, they were just like, we yeah. can beat this and nothing else matters. Right. Because we'll beat all that just because we're yeah. way better. And it was that was the red version, right? It was, with, the, um, it was the blue-red, like with Eldrazi yeah. Obligator yeah. and Sky Spawner. Yeah, so instead of uh, dealing with your stuff, they'll just take it and kill you with it. Yeah. Yeah. That was where we are. And so then after that, all the decks had to pl- all these decks were playing Ensnaring Bridge and were playing uh, ways to deal with giant thing giant thing yeah so the whole format became about that right and we had uh we actually had a couple events in that time period like bigger events if i remember correctly mm-hmm. and uh it was just miserable there was a gp qualifier that i think i won yeah like i was playing burn it could beat everyone and then just got lucky to beat the uh i think they were on i think they're on Bant eldrazi yeah an early version of it and they had worship but they didn't Ever get their white mana? So right. I killed them. Lucky. Got, got real lucky. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, you just like would lose to it. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So you have like when there's just a deck that's omnipresent and again, is that tier zero where you either have to play it or you have to have a plan to beat it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the first reason the cards get banned. Right. And they usually try to ban a card that will cripple that deck or make it more in line, a reasonable power level. Yeah. So, so it can still kind of exist. Yeah. They don't want to just ban decks out of the format. They want people to play with the cards. So if possible, they try and neuter decks enough that they still exist, just aren't, you know, tier zero. Yeah, so that was the uh, Bertrand Blow ban was, hey, maybe this, because they get these fast Hogax, but then they also get these, like, infinite. Yeah, like just mill. Yeah, just mill you out on turn two or three. Yeah. Okay, like, that's not okay. Yeah. So let's see if we can fix that. Yep. Obviously, it didn't work. Did not work. But when they, yeah, so they try to... But they also worry about collateral damage for other decks. Correct. Right, Which so- is the whole thing behind the Faithless looting argument. Mm-hmm. Where when Phoenix came out, yeah, you guys remember complaining about Phoenix needing bans? Yeah. Now, now we're in the Hogak world. But the problem with Phoenix is nobody wants to ban Phoenix. Like, that's not the power card in the deck. The thing that it enables that whole deck is Faithless looting. But Faithless looting is played in a whole bunch of other decks, too. So if you ban Faithless looting to neuter... Phoenix, you end up taking out a bunch of other decks take also. Out Dredge. Pyromancer. Pyromancer. All these mono red prowess decks. Yeah. Storm. Storm. Yeah, you just you just lose all of these decks yeah. that can kind of no longer exist. It's kind of the like Simeon Spirit Guide argument. Right. Like people play Ad nauseum, right. which need Spirit Guide to win. Right. But if you take Spirit Guide out, you just get rid of an entire deck. Yep. So they try to avoid doing that. Yep. Same thing with um, Ancient Stirrings, right? Yeah. Ancient Stirrings is played in Tron. It's played in Affinity. It's played in Hardened Scales Affinity. So played like when a- KCI was yeah. the big terrible deck in the format, if you banned Ancient Stirrings, you kind of shadow ban Tron as well. So mm-hmm. like this will take care of KCI, but it also gets rid of yep. Tron. Amulet Titan. Yeah, Tron, Amulet Titan. Those decks no longer can function. Right. So they have to be careful on, like, what they ban. Yep. So that's kind of, like, what's going on with, like, the Tier Zero bans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the reasons they ban stuff is for competitive diversity. Air quotes. Air quotes. Yeah. So what card got banned for that? Uh, that would be Splinter Twin. Um, right before Eldrazi Winter, right? Eldrazi, like, that Pro Tour was the first Pro Tour without Splinter Twin. Yeah, the, I, the, the thought was that they were banning Splinter Twin so that everyone just wasn't playing blue red twin right i think that deck won the very first modern turn modern gp or uh or modern pro tour like splinter twin has been in the format since yeah, since had, the beginning since the beginning yeah so um, splinter twin is two red red for an enchantment mm-hmm. that says uh this creature has tap uh make a token copy of itself correct sacrifice that copy at the end of it has haste yeah, sacrifice it has haste. sacrifice that token at the end of turn yep so you combined it with... Like uh, Pester Might or Deceiver Exarch. Which, when they come into play, they get to tap or untap a permanent. Yep. So you tap it, you put the enchantment on, on the guy, you tap it, you make the copy, the copy untaps it, and you make an arbitrarily large number of guys. Yeah, whatever your favorite number is. Yes. Preferably more than, like, 40. Yes. Yeah. Basically, there was a whole deck that kind of, like, tempoed you out, held yeah. down the fort, and then got to a point where they could, like... Just win. Just win. Yep. 
that's what made that deck great was because it could play like kind of a quasi burn control game and then just kind of win out of nowhere if you weren't if you weren't set up to if you weren't respecting the combo yeah. and a lot of times they would board the combo out and just be like a blue red kind yep. of like burn control deck yep their argument was is that if you were going to play mountains and islands mm-hmm. you're only going to play splinter twin mm-hmm. so we have to get rid of splinter twin so there are more mountain and island decks yeah well you know when that happened when, when they printed Arclight Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, we got more Mountain and Island decks. Yeah. But they banned that, and then like Eldrazi Winter happened. Yeah. And there are uh, a number of people who play Twin that whenever anyone talks about bannings, they just go like, well, if Twin was in the format, it would be fine. Twin was the police on everything. Yeah. And it's like, maybe. Or maybe you're just dead before you get to put your Splinter Twin on your 1-4. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to argue with them, because Twin's what made John a good deck. Yeah. So. Yeah, so Jun would prey on Twin, got to, had to play like Abrupt Decay, yeah. so you could kill their creature in response to them putting the mm-hmm. the thing on it, and then you could tear their hand apart and just have them left with like no combo piece. Right, and, and then they, stick a lily and they can't ever build the combo, so yeah, um, good times. So we had for competitive diversity, Yep. and then I guess it got banned before Twin uh, was Birthing Pod. Right, when they banned Birthing Pod, they kind of said it was for competitive diversity, but then, you know, a couple sets later they said, you know, this was more for design constraints for than anything else. Um, so Birthing Pod is an artifact. Yes. It's a three in a Phyrexian green, mm-hmm. and you can pay three in a Phyrexian green? It's or one in a Phyrexian green. It's just one in Phyrexian green. And uh, sacrifice a creature and tap it and go tutor up a creature with CMC equal to its CMC plus one? Yes. It's, it's a Neoform yep. uh, without the plus one plus one counter, but it's basically Correct. Neoform repeatable on an artifact. Yep. And so, like, the classic, like, pod decks played things like Kitchen Finks mm-hmm. that got you something when it came into play, and Kitchen Finks would come back after it you sacrificed yeah. it. And you go get a four drop. And the card that kind of led to it getting banned was Siege Rhino. Right. Which was a... 5-4 Trampler or 4-5 Trampler? It was a 4-5 Trampler that drained 3 when it entered the battlefield. Yes. So their argument was, well, if Birthing Pod's around. Yeah. We want to print cool creatures in standard like Siege Rhino. Yeah. And we can't do that because anything we print... It just makes Pod better. Yes. So we're going to get rid of Pod. Yep. So now we can feel free to make any dumb, nonsensical creature that we want. <laughs> sure. Like, oh. Cool. So those are like the two. We kind of touched on like the Grave Troll ban, unban. Yeah. And like those were the two like kind of big bans that have happened since we've been playing, I think. Yeah. And like the twin ban and the pod ban kind of came out of nowhere. It's not like people were really clamoring for them. That was just something that they decided to do. I think all the rest of the bans were for a reason. Yeah. Like people were like offensive deck. Yeah. Right. And so then we have. Uh, the rare stuff mm-hmm. that seems not so rare now. Right. Uh, these last couple of years have been crazy for bannings. In at, standard. In standard, yeah. Um, at no other point in history have there been so many banned cards in standard. Yes. In January of 2017, kind of started this off for everybody. It was the first time that a card had been banned in standard since Jace the Mind Sculptor and Stoneforge Mystic in 2011. Yes, you may have heard uh, the phrase Cobblade. Yeah. That was the deck that mm-hmm. got Jace 
and Stoneforge banned. Yep. It was also the deck that put LSV on the map. No, he won his pro tour with elves. That was elves. That was like Patrick Chapin's like Oh, that was that, his. he talks about that okay. deck all the time. He wrote a rap song about Jace the Mind Sculptor. <laughs> Jace better than all. Oh yeah. Okay, I haven't heard that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a thing. Okay. I'll have um, to look it up after the episode. Yes. So you have uh Jason Stoneforge got banned in two thousand eleven. Yep. Nothing happened. Yep. And then January two thousand seventeen, they banned Emrakul the Promised End mm-hmm. because it had a cash trigger. That was unfun. You got to mind slaver your opponent. You got to play their turn for them. Yes. And then they got to take a, a turn immediately after that, but usually you like decimated out, them, yeah. Emptied out their hand, killed half their board. Yeah. Yeah. But you could card cost thirteen, but cost one less for each cre- uh, card type in your graveyard. Correct. But with Aetherworks Marvel it cost four and six energy. That's, yep. So that was a problem. If you could turn four, make a 13-13 flying trampler that... Wrecked your opponent's next turn. Yeah, eight their turn three. Yeah. Um, um, it was kind of awkward. It wasn't a whole lot of fun to play against. However, that wasn't the actual problem. We're going to work through some more yeah. of these bands, and this, we'll come to the actual problem. This is very similar to the whole Bertram Below issue. It is, yeah. Right? It's crazy. So we had Emrakul, got yep. banned. Yep. And then uh, they banned Smuggler's Copter. Yep. Which this happens with new card types. Yeah, they, it's hard to design them because they don't know how powerful. Right. They so Smuggler's are. Copter was a vehicle. The like the rare vehicle. Oh no, I guess there were a couple other rare vehicles, but it, it was, was the like, best one. It was the best one. So it was yeah. two mana. Yep. For a vehicle that it was a had three three flyer. Yes, that had crew one. Yep. And. When it attacked or blocked, mm-hmm. you got to draw a card and discard a card. Yep. So the looter scooter, the looter scooter, gave you an evasive three three mm-hmm. that gave you card filtering, and it could also trade up in combat because yes. your one one can now profitably block your opponent's two 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 or two three. Yeah. Or just trade for their four three or yeah. whatever. Trade right? up in mana. Yeah. So it was the first vehicle these things happen yep like umazawa's jete was one of the first equipment it wasn't right. the first but you yep. know they didn't realize how good they were yep went on to be too strong and we have reflector mage one blue white for a two three mm-hmm. return a creature to, return a return a creature your opponent controls to its owner's hand and then they can't cast it during their following turn yes that card was apparently the blue white archetype in oath of the gatewatch oath of the gatewatch wasn't good enough. Yeah. So they just threw this uncommon in to make the blue-white limited uh, deck better. Yep. Not realizing that it was, like, super feel bad. It's like, bounce your three-drop, you can't replay it. I have a two-three. Well, it was, like, the biggest defender was Collected Company. Yeah, well, yeah. It was in a deck that, like, it worked perfectly with. Yeah. You could company, get two of them, wreck your opponent's board, and they just never recover. And they could just never recover. Yeah. So they made these bands. Right. And, like, right before or right after these bands... Aether Revolt came out in February. Aether Revolt, but they had spoiled Felidar Guardian, and it took Reddit, yeah. like, five minutes to go, like, doesn't this just make an infinite combo with Saheeli? Yeah. And they were like, it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll hold up. Three months... Uh, when we had, like, three months of people only playing four-color... Saheeli. Saheeli. Yeah. Uh, they were like, yeah, Felidar Guardian has to go. Yep, so it did. Yeah. They missed the combo. It took like 15 minutes for the world at large right. 
to get the combo. Good job, Wizards. Yeah. Right around here is when they started, like, you've heard of play design? Yeah. This is where play design came from. Like, right. this standard disaster. This mistake. Yeah. Um, Felidar Guardian was also an emergency ban, wasn't it? It may have been. Like, April 2017 sounds like when there would have been a ban, but I'm not sure. I want to say it was an emergency ban. It might have been too. It might have been too soon. You might be right. Then in June 2017, they banned Aetherworks Marvel. Yep. We got rid of Sahili Felidar Guardian combo. Mm -hmm. That meant that playing Ulamog the Cecil Hunger for four mana and six energy became real good. Real good. I liked that. Yeah. Ulamog uh, lets you blow up your opponent's lands, which turns out is pretty good on turn three or four or five. Exile is just exile to permanent. Yeah. And it's a 10 10 indestructible, so. That mills them for exile is the top 20 cards in their library when you attack. Yeah. So basically, you like bomb them into the Stone Age. They can't kill it. Yeah. And even if they can chump it, you eat their library and then they die to decking. Right. It kind of covers all the bases. Yeah. It's, you just win the game. For 10 mana, not reasonable, right. really. For a 4 mana, uh, definitely, definitely not reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. So Aetherwork Marvel was a 4 mana artifact. That said, tap, pay six energy. Well, it also gave you an energy when something died, right? Yes. So whenever a permanent left the battlefield, you got an energy, but it was tap, pay six energy, uh, look at the top six cards of your library, and cast. Yeah, cast one. Cast one. So I think they thought that cast would then give like counter spells, counter, like, I can counter this. Yeah. Right? But they had the the Eldrazi that had cast Cast triggers. triggers. So you would cast them and you would get that effect. So it's yeah. kind of like a, a, a standard example would be Hydroid Crisis, right? You always get to draw the cards. Right. They had to ban Marvel. Now, if they would have banned Marvel in January, mm-hmm. maybe we would have had like these, there were these Turbo Emrakul decks that were like putting a bunch of different card types into their graveyard, yeah. trying to cast Emrakul on like turn six or seven, which is, again, thoroughly unreasonable. But, Way better than turn four, though. But, like, you have to, like, play, like, strategic planning or whatever yeah. the, like, mission briefing or not mission briefing, whatever the garbage, like, look at the top. Grapple f- with the past? Some Grapple with the past, and there was, like, one that was, like, contingency Vessel in, planned. Vessel and nascency. Yeah. But basically, you yeah. had to, like, yeah. commit to all these garbage cards yeah. to, to find your good. piece and make it good. So, Emrakul died for the sins of the energy mechanic. Yes. Another, like, hey, this is a cool new mechanic. Uh, it might be busted. Yeah. Um, Turns out it was. Yeah, because uh, shortly after they banned Marvel. Um, and actually, this is kind of funny because this was when I went to GP Vegas. Yes. And I spiked a PTQ with Marvel list Marvel. Okay. Like, before Marvel was banned, I played Teamer Energy with no Marvels and just wrecked people. I came in, like second in my pot or something i ended up with like two boxes of product for it but yeah that's what the deck turned into when they banned aetherworks marvel uh turns out all of the other energy spells are still great you had all these really good energy spells so attune with ether which is just a green search for a basic two energy get two energy yep. rogue refiner which they keep making this card the card's great but they keep making so it was one blue green yeah. a three two enters yeah. the battlefield draw a card get two energy yep I mean, we have a common that is a 2-1 flyer draw a card for three. Mm-hmm. Like, they keep making cards that are super close to yeah. this card. Or, uh, oh, God, Risen Reef. 
Oh yeah, Risen, Risen Reef, Reef is, is like real close. It yeah. like it gets neg two, neg one. Yeah, but then Triggers it just keeps drawing stuff. a bunch of cards when you yeah. play other stuff. I hadn't thought of that. So they keep making cards that are almost Rogue Refiner, but what put Rogue Refiner over the top was the two energy. Yeah, because the two energy was actually worth about a card. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like. Three yeah, two like you, draw you two cards. You wouldn't have played uh, a tune with Ether if it wasn't for the energy. Yeah, so it was like a three two that kind of drew you a card and a half to two cards. Yeah. So they got rid of that, mm-hmm. and then they banned Ramanup Ruins because it could be argued that the mono red deck that existed before mm-hmm. was better and more oppressive than the mono red deck we've dealt with. We had dealt with for the previous six or seven months. Absolutely. Like we have risk factor and like experimental frenzy now as a way for a red deck to kind of like progress through the late game, like kind of to mm-hmm. still have a late game. But this red deck didn't need it because it just killed you with its lands. Yeah. So Ramana Ruins was like, was it tapped for a red and dealt you a damage? Yep. And you could pay four and sacrifice a desert to do two to a target? Yeah. Was it shock? I think it was shock. Yeah. Or two to a player, not a target. It was right. Just yeah. Two, yeah, a yeah two to a player. And it was a desert, so it was like just tap four in itself yep. and deal two. Yep. And yep. he also had Hazaret to throw not lands at them. Yep. And it ran a Scorched Desert too. Which yeah. was just it pinged your opponent for one when it entered the battlefield and was yeah. a desert. That deck was real good, so they banned that. Yep. This was before Dominaria came out. Right. So they banned Rampaging Ferocidon, which is a three three for three. Mm-hmm. Players can't gain life. Mm-hmm. And whenever a creature comes into play, Ferocidon deals one to that creature's controller. Correct. So I think that they made Rampaging Ferocidon in a response to Felidor Guardian. They uh, they actually said they did. So you like make a bunch of the Felidor Guardians, and yeah. then you die to Ferocidon triggers. Right. But when they banned Felidor Guardian, I think they decided that card was too strong. Yeah. If they thought there was going to be like a black-white vampire tokeny deck like it just could never exist right so they got rid of that now they did decide to then print a red 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 three three that deals one to everything yeah can and you that's imagine not a too deck good. with both of those in the same deck though oh, be, oh, oh. insane so so bad yeah all of these screw-ups is it, what for we, us done would still be in standard yeah for all of these screw-ups they made play design to yes. kind of fix this i think was yeah. ixalan the first set they worked on or no, it was after Ixalan. They were hired yeah. around Ixalan. Yeah, I think it was Dominaria was the first set that they actually worked on. Yeah. You know it would be really bad if Ferocidon was in the format? Escape Shift. Oh, like Field yeah. of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah, unplayable. Super, super sad. Yeah. We'll talk about his playability here in a little bit. Yeah. I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why things get banned. Like, it's usually something rises up or basically precludes something else from being done. So basically right. part of the reason they banned the energy mechanic was... They weren't going to be able to print anything that was better than the energy package. Yeah. And it's a parasitic mechanic, meaning right. that it just feeds on itself. Yeah, it wants it a whole bunch of stuff that says energy on it. And then you can't bring in other stuff. So, like, yeah. it brought in Glorybringer. Right. It was, like, the only card that didn't say, like, energy on it. Mm-hmm. But basically, it was just like, hey, I'm going to play the same, like, 30 cards yeah. from now until, until they, they rotate. rotate. Yeah. Now, some could argue that uh, Hero of Dominaria has the same problem. Yeah, I mean, that's not parasitic, though. It's not parasitic, but I'm going to play the same 35, 40 cards. Yeah. But I'll get off my soapbox. So that's why they banned energy. Mm -hmm. No one's going to play anything else. We can't 
print anything that is better than this. Right. I've also heard that uh, one reason they wanted they banned Ferocidon was because Lyra would have been trash. Oh yeah, I didn't right. Even like think you're of that. playing it's mono red, yeah. and you stick your five five life linky angel, and yeah. they're just like, uh, you cute. can't you can't gain life. Attack you, kill you. Yeah. Right. So Lyra could never stabilize anyone against red. Yeah. Because they were just like, can't gain life. That makes dead. sense. So it was like, well, we don't want to have our flagship mythic yeah. two sets from now just be like toilet paper. Yeah. That's kind of weird too because like actually the Esper deck did well for a long time solely because of the life gain. Yeah. Like the incidental stuff off of like moment of craving and absorb and stuff. That was the only reason that deck was good for oh, a yeah, while. Oh yeah, like you could like if Mono Red had Ferocidon, yeah. like like they would have not been able to like if you could have if you're on the play, stick a Ferocidon, and you just run something into their absorb, the fact that yeah. they didn't gain three life, they just died. Right. Yeah, so that's why things have gotten banned kind of throughout history. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, going forward, they have enough sense to not get things banned in standard. Well, I thought we were in a pretty good spot until Hogak. Yeah, I, that might have been a smaller team, and I think Modern's way harder to like test for. Oh yeah, right? it's modern's so almost bigger. impossible to test. It's so for. much bigger. You yeah. can try, yeah, but you're gonna miss something yeah. dumb. Yeah, I'm sure the phrase "Seder Wayfinder" is playable in modern entered no one's head when they were testing Hogak. I don't know, man. I love me some Seder Wayfinder. Yeah, but you never thought like, you know, what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put this in a format where I can pay one and a green for a Tarmogoyf. I'm gonna play a one-one. <laughs> you never thought that, yeah. right? And so I'm sure like they weren't like. Yeah, I was, well, how did we put Seder Wayfinder in with this? And did they know about Citrus Supplier? Like, based yeah, on when they, they were when have. they were making it versus yeah. what cards were coming out? Because I'm sure they talk, but, like, yeah. I'm also, you know, I'm sure there's a, a pretty good chance that, like, the M19 design people weren't like, dude, we made this uncommon. It's a 1-1 one, one for 1 that mills 3 cards. And then mills 3 more cards? Yeah, and then I'm sure that, or, you know... And that probably didn't ring alarm bells of, oh, that's like, you know, uh, 60% of Hogax, like, delve. Right. And one of the pips who it casts, like, half of Hogak. Half of Hogak. Yeah. And then when they told them about Hogak, they weren't like, oh, man, Citrus Supplier, just, like, bust that. <laughs> I'm sure those things never yeah. happened. So there may have just been a disconnect of yeah. Seder Wayfinder, not playable. Citrus Supplier, not a card we have to think about. Yep. So hopefully they will not like have bannings in standard anymore because yeah. they're focusing way more on making that reasonable. And we can hope. And it seems like they used to put the answers in the following set. Yeah. But it seems like at least for the last two sets, they're putting the answers in the set with it. So yeah. the elder spell was supposed to be, I think, the Answer safety valve. Walkers. Like, yeah. man, if we missed on one of these planeswalkers or two or three of them, yeah. at least the Elder Spell is here to, like, hold them Clean down. It up. In, like, Field of the Dead. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, man, what if we're wrong about Field of the Dead? We're just going to put Legion's End yeah. in here as a clean answer to Field of the Dead. Okay, cool. So I feel like they're doing some things where, like, they're putting... Because, yeah. like, you looked at Legion's End, and you're like, this card is not great. Yeah, unplayable. Kind of unplayable, and now it's just, like, a four of in, like, every black deck. Yeah. Because it answers Field of the Dead. There you go. There's band stuff. Yeah. Pretty comprehensive talk of uh, All everything bands. that you need to know about bannings. And why they happen. Yep. Uh, sell your Hogax unless you want to like play in a... Well, you're not going to get anything for your Hogax now. 
Yeah. Yeah. Coke X are cheap now. Yes. Unfortunately, mine were twelve dollars. I'm sad. I think mine were four fifty. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, get got nerd. That's right. So we have here getting out of your house. Yeah, this was a topic that I had. Uh, I had a conversation with one of our listeners. They had some things that they wanted to discuss, and I thought this one in particular was a really good point that uh, we definitely live by, but I could see that a lot of people might not. So, yeah, we're calling this uh, expanding your comfort zone or get out of your house. Yes. There are a lot of benefits to playing with people face-to-face. One of them is, like, that's what I like about the game. You know, I like going out on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, whatever, and, uh, you know, seeing my buddies and talking about magic cards and you know, obviously playing the game. I probably wouldn't be here if I didn't enjoy playing the game. Like, that's kind of what separates it from a lot of the other games and especially, like, the digital clients. Some of the games like Hearthstone or Artifact or what was the other one that you guys used to play? Eternal. Eternal. Like, those games are fine and they're fun and, mm-hmm. you know, good way to kill some time, but they, they kind of lack, like, the face-to-face aspect of it. So one reason to get out of the house is for the social part. Yeah. Go build some social skills, be a reasonable human being, get out of your basement. Yes. Expanding on that a little bit. I also really enjoy playing outside of our game store. Our game store is great, and I like all the people that hang out there, most of the people that hang out there. But you can only get so good if you never leave your game store. Like, if you're only ever playing the same six or seven people, there's a ceiling on how far you can progress as a player, right? Yeah. Um, Like, if you're the best player in your store, you're not going to get markedly better Yeah. because there's no one, like, pushing you to... Be better. Well, there's also diminishing returns too. Like even if you're, you know, the fourth or fifth best player in your store, like the amount of effort that you're going to have to put in to go from fourth or fifth to first is a lot more than if you went to some other store and you were the twelfth best player and you wanted to get to fourth or fifth. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you're just going to develop different skills because you can play against different people with different yeah. strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, absolutely. Building on that, you also play in different metagames. I know in our store, I've been playing Modern for like four years maybe. I've never played against anybody playing Tron in our game store. I cannot say that is the same for me. One of the very first, we had someone come in randomly back when we were across from the high school yeah. who had a Russian foil Oh. Tron deck. All right. And uh, mulliganed to four against me and played t- Karn on turn four. Of I mean, on turn they, three. Of I was just like, this deck's unbeatable. Like, I had no <laughs> idea what was going on. It was like when I first started playing, this is great. <laughs> I played against it a couple of times. We don't have Tron players. Yeah, nobody at the store plays Tron. I, I don't think I've ever played in a modern event at our store, at least like a weekly event, where even like an outsider has come in and brought Tron with them. I think like there was maybe a couple like GPTs or something where somebody randomly like brought Tron, but so the only way in this instance for me to get experience playing against Tron is to either have somebody proxy it up and you know jam some games for fun or go to a store where people play Tron. And kind of the opposite goes for like control decks. We've got a lot of people, especially that play modern, that love control decks. Yeah. So there is a lot higher percentage of control players in our store than there might be, you know, at a store somewhere else. Yeah. So if you just went by like our store's metagame, you'd be like, oh man, Blue White and Jessica Control are like 40% of the metagame. Right. But in reality, they're like five. Yeah. Maybe. Almost none. Yeah. So like, you know, because you only have 
a certain number of people that have a modern deck. Yeah, and they tend to, like, people tend to have archetypes. Like, you like to play degenerate broken stuff. I tend to play, like, grindy mid-range stuff. Control players tend to play control decks. So you have a type, and everyone kind of plays their type. And if, if you don't go somewhere else, you don't realize there's other people. Yeah. Now, like, online doesn't address, like, leaving your house and interacting with people, but right. it can address, like, changing a, a different metagame. Oh, absolutely. But online has a totally different metagame than, than paper. paper. Yeah. Uh, due to card availability mm-hmm. and what people are willing to spend, yep. especially on, like, Magic Online. Yeah. And, like, GPs have a different metagame than, like, the Star City Tour also. Yes. Like, just, you know, different areas, the type of people that they... Um, attract attract to them can absolutely change the metagame and if you don't go out and like try some of these other events you're kind of doing yourself a disservice right yeah and you know i'm not saying that everyone needs to run out and play in as many gps as they can but get out of your house you know maybe it's worth a trip on a friday to a store you know half an hour down the road instead of 10 minutes down the road james also has just randos that he has played at various events walk up to him at, at gps and say hi well, yeah, it's, great. it's like the James thing. People are just like, oh, it's James. <laughs> I recognize that beard. And well, then- <laughs> I mean, that happens, though, when you spend some time, like, you know, going out. Yeah. Like, we hit the PPTQ circuit pretty good. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, there was a time where we played in a bunch of, uh, like, IQs. Rest in peace. Yeah. But Basically, when- all the events we liked got, have gotten, like, uh, eliminated. Yeah. But, like, when you go out and do these sorts of things, though, like, you tend to run into people, like, of the same mindset that maybe yeah. you wouldn't have met otherwise. That you run into at three or four different events. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't remember his name now. The guy that me and Nick ran into, like, randomly in Lugoff, South Carolina, in the middle of nowhere, that's from Texas, that I've seen at, like, every single remotely big event since then. Yeah. So you just run into people. Yeah. Uh, another reason for getting out of like your your store and mm-hmm. your like play group is the inbreeding of deck lists. Yeah, right. So I play the degenerate combo graveyardy stuff. Mm-hmm. So even when those decks aren't good, I'm playing some goofy right. thing. There are way more Grafdiggers cages and rest in pieces Running in our store, our store than there should be. Yeah. And, like, you know, you get good at playing against the hate. Yeah. But it's also... Which is good for you. Yeah, but it's also just, like, for them, like, that's not the deck they would register if they went right. to a bigger event. Like, I typically will, like, show up with the deck I would register at a larger event. Yeah, I usually do, too. And I'm like, well, like, we'll see what happens. Because mm-hmm. I, I try to... I'm, I'm always thinking, like, well, if I go to a GP, what would I play? Right. If I go to a Star City Open, what would I play? Mm-hmm. Right, so let's say your store, there's a bunch of people who play Burn. Right. right. You can play Timely Reinforcements in the main if you want. You can play Leyline of Sanctity in the sideboard yeah. and be like, I'm never going to lose this matchup. Right. But if you go to a bigger event... Maybe you'll see it once instead of four times on a Tuesday night. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe you won't even see it at all. Now right. you've got cards that are dead in your main. You have cards that are dead in your sideboard mm-hmm. or just not as impactful as they could be. Yeah. And you just are like huh, this wasn't, like, a good setup for this deck, but you might not realize it's not yeah. because you didn't... You, you just think everything's like your store. Yep, this oh. was actually, a um, like, an achievement or a milestone for me when I was, like, growing as a player. I remember when I came back to the game, uh, me and my buddy Chris would sit down and just jam a bunch of games, either, like, on our lunch break or before we went to the game store or whatever. So we would tweak our decks, like, to beat each other and not necessarily beat everybody at the store. 
you know, if he was playing like a white, uh, like a white aggressive deck, I'd put a bunch of walls in my deck because he couldn't get through them. But walls are trash. Yes. Like you're, you're not going to go, you know, to a standard showdown with your wall deck. I mean, maybe you would, but you're not going to do great. Whereas, you know, between me and him and the matchup, they were fantastic because he could never, I couldn't lose. Yeah. So this is, not only is it something to help you grow, um, like get out of your house, get out of your store, you know, try and venture out. Um, not only is it better for like competitive players looking to get better, but it's also something that like more casual players, people like maybe coming off of arena or whatever need to understand also that there's a lot bigger game out there. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and like, even like for commander players, right? Yeah. Right. If you play against the same, like three or four commander players, right. You guys are going to start to build your decks mm-hmm. and you're going to know exactly what they're going to play yep. when they sit down. So maybe you go to a GP and you like pay the $5 to play mm-hmm. in a commander pod and you see like a totally different world. Yeah. Now it's harder now, like with the internet, the information's out there, mm-hmm. but like, you know, not everyone's plugged in and like, you might not have time to like scour all the like yeah. commander reddits to find yeah you know there's you know, two thousand the commanders out there yeah it's just a way to like do different stuff and see different things mm-hmm. it's something that uh people don't necessarily think of as like a way to improve a way to you know better their skills is by you know getting out of their store and you don't have to do it all the time but like i said you know maybe maybe you skip an fnm at your store and you know head an hour down the road or yeah i know what i like to do is um, a couple times a year, I have to go to training in Atlanta, and when I do that, I try and hit one of the stores there. Yeah. Like even if it's not for an F and M or whatever, if I can catch you know a Monday night standard or like a Tuesday night modern or something, I'll do that just to play with some different people. Yeah, see some I would different deck lists, whatever. When my wife lived in Charleston, I would go, and there was a store like thirty five minutes away in Somerville. So if she was working at night when I was there, I would go like yeah, play F and M at like you know random store in Somerville. Yep, I know. Uh, a couple times I've mentioned and kind of gotten scoffed at, but when we travel, like, I think it'd be neat to, you know, have, you know, all of us show up at like a random game store, you know, just run over some people at a yeah. game store. <laughs> yeah. You know, if we show up, you know, your events, not till Saturday morning or whatever, if we can get into town at a reasonable time, I think it'd be cool to roll like four people into a, into an LGS and see what happens. Yeah. There we go. Uh, and then the last thing we have here is just travel, just seeing different places you would otherwise not go. Yeah. I mean, how, of- how often are you going to spend time in Baltimore? None. I would have never had uh, yeah. uh, whatever that restaurant's called. I forget yeah. what it's called. Uh, G&W? G&W or something like that. Yeah. yeah. A plus if you're there. Absolutely. All good reasons to kind of play against different people and do yeah. different stuff. Yeah, venture out. Expand your horizons. Be yeah. a social animal. So, um, arena time. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, we had Roger G. Yep. Thanks, Roger. Apparently, you might know Roger. Uh, I think <laughs> I don't know if Jesse gave us any stuff. Uh, but he's given us stuff this week. I just saw when I was looking at the data sheets for this week. Uh, our boy Ken. Yep. Is, Ken was is, killing it. I saw is, a bunch of entries from is, him. He's hard at it. Yeah. yeah. And then I have uh, concerns for our uh, compadre, uh, <laughs> Dieter. You may remember Dieter started out as Sober Dieter. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just became Dieter. Dieter. Yeah. And then one of his entries was like, and this was the point that I realized I was not in the ranked queue. So <laughs> I'm worried that Sober Dieter has fallen off the wagon. It is maybe next time he'll be like Drunk Dieter or something. Just like, so Sorry, I'm a little, Dieter. a little worried about you, Dieter. Uh, but thank you for entering data, no matter yeah. what your state is. Much appreciated. Send us a message. Tell us you're all right. Yeah. So I've noticed the format in the last like week has shifted like drastically. Yeah. And I don't know, 
Uh, there were like two fandom tournaments mm-hmm. in the last couple weeks. It was like the big events yeah. for a standard. But the thing I've noticed as pl- being someone who play who is playing Scape Shift is um, Legion's End, one black exile, uh, a creature with converted mana cost two or less than all copies mm-hmm. of it. And then look at everything with the same name. Same yeah. name. And then you look in their hand and you take stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just a clean answer to seven zombies from Field of the Dead. Or 40. Or 40. And like the Esper decks are playing four of them now. Yeah. The Vampires is running the card, some number. Uh, it's like they're only out, and they're, mm-hmm. I think they might be up to two or three. Uh, Jun Dinosaur seems to have just like gone away. Disappeared. Yeah, like I haven't played against it hardly at all. There's a Saltai Scapeshift deck. That sounds sweet. Where they've cut to Fairy and, you know, the white cards. Mm-hmm. But they, they're playing Legions and now in their main deck. Okay. And then they get Duress out of the sideboard because that helps answer the, yeah. the hate Right, the answers the duresses and the legions and yeah. the people are bringing in for you. Uh, I've run into blood suns, alpine wounds, man, just like all, all kinds sorts of, stuff of hate that wasn't that wasn't around ten days ago. Yeah, there's some there's a four color elementals deck that's like a combo deck. Okay, that plays neoform, the the thunderkin awakener, the thing that gets back elementals. Yeah. So you play that, and then you play like uh, risen reef, risen reef, and then like the next turn you neoform. The Risen Reef, mm-hmm. get an Omnath, okay. attack with your Thunderkin Awakener, get, get back, back risen your reef. Risen Reef, trigger. This seems pretty good. And then they'll combo kill you with uh, Yarek. Yeah. So they'll play Yarek and then like play an Omnath at some point. They ha- also have a Skittering Scorcher, mm-hmm. the one that makes two elementals. Yeah. So like... It's an it's, army in a box. And it's three triggers off of your... Yeah. Um, God, Risen Reef. Yep. And if you have a Yorick out, it's four uh, one ones. Oh yeah. So you're like, you know, Yorick make that have a. Now you're up to like six elementals. Yeah. Next turn, Omnath, hit him for fourteen. Yeah, that's pretty seven good. and seven. Yeah. So that's a deck that's floating around, and there's hmm. the red black like sacrifice aggressive deck. sacrifice deck. Yeah. Is a deck that has really started to show up. I might have to move it into like an actual named category because it's mm-hmm. the thing I've played against the most. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look this list up. It sounded really interesting when we were talking about it earlier. Yeah, what I did is we had the most games in platinum, but we only had like 25. Mm-hmm. So like platinum, it was like 18% scape shift, 22% team elementals, 12% off meta, and then just a bunch of like like Jun Dinos here is like 9%. Yeah, but. That was 9% like the beginning of the week. It's kind of gone away. And Vampires was like 6%, but now I think Vampires is like on the upswing. Yeah, I've heard uh, a lot of people talking about how Vampires is maybe the best deck in the format right now. Yeah. And so I also then made from everyone's data. Mm -hmm. A master chart. Kind of a master chart of everything. Yeah. Uh, That gets us to 69. Ooh. Matches played, so we get significantly more matches if we're taking from bronze yeah. to I think we're bronze to platinum, yeah, right. And again, thirty percent of it's off meta. I think a lot of that might be contributed to or attributed to red black, yeah, because I think I played against it twice today out okay. of like my five or six matches. But it's then it's like scape shift is sixteen percent, elementals is ten, vampires and dinos is like six, yeah. Uh, Simic slash Bant Ramp is 8%. And you yeah. have like Simic Flash. And Simic Flash is a deck I haven't played against but mm-hmm. like once in the last like five or six days. Yeah, I haven't seen it much lately. 
I did take some time to, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet these out later on tonight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you should see them before the podcast comes out. We've been behind on the short, like one week formats. Mm-hmm. Like oh, our yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. comes out after the after format's done. done. Yeah. So I tweeted out my Sultai list mm-hmm. uh, for Singleton that has a sideboard because of Mastermind's acquisition. Right. You can't see the light leave someone's eyes, but you know what happens when you mastermind's acquisition and then play an omniscience. Yeah. I was behind. I cast a mastermind's acquisition. I was at like three when they passed the turn back and proceeded to cast like two six mana planeswalkers, a Narset, down tick the Narset, get something else, cast that, and they just scooped them all up. It was like <laughs> Lily, Big Veraska. Narset, get something else, and like, yeah, we're I'm done here. Yeah. I don't want to deal with this anymore. <laughs> Plays Golos. Nice. Yeah. One white, two white sources, two red sources. You can activate your Golos. There it's you all go. good. It's a deck that will grind people out. You will sometimes get a little behind, and it, it has tools to catch up, but they cost like six mana. Yeah. So if you don't have a way to stabilize early... Or if you draw the rampy side of your deck and not the planeswalker side of your deck, yeah. it's bad times. And the thing I don't like about this format, and this might be like, you know, a thing that happens in Commander as well, is like it seems like the person on the play that like finds their like planeswalker first, mm-hmm. you just get so far behind, you just can't catch up. Yeah, I don't know that that's a thing in Commander because it's multiplayer. Yeah, but like if it was like just one yeah. of like, it's like, oh, you hit your like, yeah. you went like Karn into. Five mana Teferi. Mm-hmm. I played my Nissa. I can't kill either one. Right. I'm just gonna like be perpetually down like two cards yeah. a turn. That's tough. But sometimes it's the other way around, and you go Karn into Vivian, and you're just like, guess <laughs> what? Lose. You can't. You can never beat me now. Yeah. This might take a while, but we will kill you. <laughs> so I sent that out as like, this is the deck I played. I think I was. I can safely say I was probably winning 60 plus percent of my games. That's pretty good. So something we'll talk about maybe next week is, you know, I've been playing Scape Shift and the metagame has changed to be super hostile to Scape Shift. Yeah. So like things you can do to fix your deck okay. against a certain, against like a changing metagame. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty good topic. If you still want to keep playing your Field of the Dead, <laughs> and I do. So... Play sh- scape shift till it rotates. That's right. I get like another like few, a few weeks of it. Yep. And I'm not gonna play Valakut in modern. <laughs> that seems like a fool's errand. Yeah. So. I want to get seven lands. Okay. I want to cast a Hogak on turn two. Yeah. Like oh, I'm not gonna get the seven <laughs> I'm lands. I'm not gonna get no. the seven lands. Block with secure tribe order and, sca- and sack. You still take okay. eight. <laughs> That's not how that works. Steve's great at going under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when the bus tramples over him, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> Did you see there was a, a, a meme that got tweeted out, that Tom Ross tweeted out, that was like, Tom, we really appreciate your work here, but we're not going to be able to renew your contract for play design. And it was a picture of Hogak, and then uh, a, Tom Ro- a picture of Tom Ross just writing the word trample. Oh. On Hogak, <laughs> I didn't see that. He that was sounds like, pretty good. He was like, I, I, he's like, that may have been what happened, because <laughs> <laughs> it would not be nearly as bad if it didn't have trample. It wouldn't be as oppressive for sure. Yeah, but can I block it? No, nope. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I mean, you can, but it doesn't do you any good. Yeah. So I think with that, with our uh, kind of tour of 
Bannings. Yep. Okay, wait a minute. We didn't tell you the story about where the original modern band list came from. Oh, yeah. We mentioned it, and then I forgot, forgot about to... it. Yeah. So there was like a community cup uh, where they brought in community members to play this new format called Modern. Mm-hmm. And it had LSV and Marshall were on the same team. Marshall's told this story about how it's like improved him as a magic player. Yeah. Because he was like, what should I do? And LSV's like, spend all your mana, idiot. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a good <laughs> idea. I should probably do that. And so, um, but they played Modern. And basically, all the busted decks that they played in that Community Cup event mm-hmm. got banned. So that's how we got like all those initial bans like we were talking about? Yeah, so the part of the initial ban list was, part of it was, this was way too good and extended. Mm-hmm. We don't want to put it into Modern. Yeah. And like, oh man, like... These hypergenesis decks are ridiculous. Yeah. We have to ban this. And then right after that, there was a banning of Blazing Shoal. Right. Which is the red pitch card. Yeah, so it's uh, like the green one gains your life, and I don't know what the other ones do. Yeah. Oh, the blue one countered stuff. Yeah, the blue one countered something with uh, same, uh, whatever Shoal. CMC equal to, Disrupting Shoal. Disrupting Shoal. CMC equal to the blue card you exiled. Yep. Blazing Shoal gave something plus X plus zero, where X was the, uh, either you paid X, it was red, yeah. red X, or X was equal to the converted mana cost of whatever card you exiled to cast it. It had to be a red card, right? It had to be a red card. Yeah. So there's Reaper King, which is like two hybrid red, two hybrid green. two. Yeah. So it has a converted mana cost of 10, mm-hmm. but it's red. Technically. So you can go Glistener Elf on turn one, attack... Discard Reaper King to Blazing Shoal, make your Infector an 11 1. Good game. Plus, have two mana up for some sort of interaction. Yeah. Spell pierce you. Win the game. Yeah. Uh, so that got to live in one tournament. <laughs> I think, like, I think it was Josh Adder Lighton who played that. that and they were like, good. this can't be a thing ever. Yeah. That's why we don't have Blazing Shoal. So, yeah. So that's where the original ban list came from, is partly from this, like, Community Cup event that they played. Right at the beginning of the format. That's pretty cool. And what is it? Gavin Verhees, who is works at Wizards now, yeah. is credited with designing modern. Hmm. He like did it as a goof and then like sent it in. That's part of his application for getting into Wizards was he designed modern. Really? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like he started playing he started modern by himself and like maintained like a ban list and everything. And when they decided to make it a, a legit format, they that was that was the template they used was part of his his format that he was making that was became modern. That's pretty cool. So there you go, history lesson. We'll see where this ends up in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, through the power of editing, this is now the end of the podcast. Wow, it's crazy wow. how that works. So if you want to reach out to us, we're uh, on Twitter at Casual Tripod. Yep. Uh, on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG, and you can email us at show at Casual Tryhard MTG dot com. And if you like YouTube and you hate seeing things, <laughs> we're going to try to start posting these to YouTube as well. Yeah. When we, uh, when we first started doing these, we had some requests for YouTube and I think I found a way that's uh, kind of hassle free. Um, you're not going to get a whole bunch of fancy images to go with our beautiful voices, but uh, it'll be another way for you to get at us yeah so hopefully this this week it'll work uh but we will be efforting to do that yep. and we're working on a, a new logo so if it looks we a little are. bit different in your uh podcast app Bear with that, us. That's, that's that's us we're trying yeah. to <laughs> 
And so with that, we'll catch you next week. Yep, we'll catch you at FNM. <laughs>